Hey, it's Jason. Before we get into this podcast episode, quick question for you. And that is, would a private voiceover community help you? Basically, uh, think of it like a place, like an online community to meet, ask questions, encourage others, and get audition feedback so that you can grow as a voiceover actor and grow your business. Is that something that you would be interested in? I've had some students ask me about it, so I just wanted to kind of put a feeler out there and just see uh, if there's any interest in a voiceover community. If you want to see more details about it and give your input, you can do that at voiceacting101.com slash group. There's a form there. You just fill it out. That's got some questions on it, and that'll kind of give me some uh, feedback on whether or not you're interested in it. It's up in the air right now. I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but it is something that has been brought up a few times. So I just wanted to put it out there and see uh, if there was anyone else interested in it. Again, it's voiceacting101.com slash group. I'd love to get your input on it. All right, that's it. Now on to the podcast. What if you want to do voiceover, but you have noisy neighbors, or maybe you live near a busy road, you have traffic going by all the time, or an airport's nearby, maybe you're in the flight path, and you're hearing planes go over all the time. What are some ways that you can keep all the noise from disrupting your recordings? That is the question that we're going to talk about today on the Voice Acting 101 podcast. Hey, it's Jason back with episode number seven of the podcast. This is where I try to answer your voiceover questions in the least amount of time as possible. And you may notice today my voice sounds a little bit hoarse. Uh, Not sure what's going on. Just woke up with it that way. So not good for voiceover, but thankfully I can still do the podcast. All right. So today's question comes from Richard and Richard went ahead and recorded his question. Thank you for the recording, Richard. Uh, Let's go ahead and listen to it now. Hi, Jason. This is Richard Emmett. I'm a trainee voiceover artist across the pond here in the United Kingdom and what I would like to ask you is for your opinion on what is the best soundproofing material that I could use in the design of my vocal booth because I can't afford to buy a new one so I'm going to have to build my own. Now usually uh, the suggestions on YouTube and other websites that I go on is that you just use Rockwell But I live on a main road with lots of traffic going by and I'm not sure if Rockwell is going to cut the mustard. So I'd like to know your advice on that. You can probably hear as well that my room that I'm in right now is not treated. So that's another issue. But for the booth, I would like to know what would be the best kind of materials to use to really block that sound out as best I could. And of course, for as cheaply as I could. I much appreciate the opportunity to ask you the question and I look forward to your response. Bye for now. Thanks for sending in the audio question, Richard. All right, so right off the bat, there are two treatments that you need to consider when you're in voiceover. So we have isolation, which is what Richard is talking about, and that is where you're trying to keep all the outside noise outside the studio. And then you have absorption, which is uh, controlling the way that your voice reflects off the walls and the way that your microphone picks up uh, how you're speaking in a room. Because if you're just in a room with uh, just drywall or wallboard, and you're speaking, your voice is going to bounce off those wa- off the walls, off the ceiling, maybe off the floor if it's, uh, if it's not carpeted, and it's going to go right back into the microphone, and it's going to sound very reverby and echoey. In voiceover, you want a very dry recording. You don't want to have any of the effects. You know, there may be a commercial or something where it calls for echo, but that's always done in post-production. They just want a dry-sounding voiceover. So, You can't take that out once it's in there. So you have to start with the dry uh, voiceover recording, and you do that with absorption. But what Richard's talking about is isolating the room so that he doesn't hear that traffic on the outside. 
so I touch on this in a YouTube video. I'll leave a link below. You can check that out. But really, there are three options that you have when it comes to isolating your vocal area. So option one is just to buy an isolated vocal booth. The two big brands in this area are Whisper Room and Studio Bricks. Now, the upside of this would be that it's less work. It's uh, still a little bit of work because you have to put some panels together, but it's much less work than building your own. It's also movable, so if you decide you want to go to a different room in your house, you can break it down and move it to a different room, put it back together. Or if you buy a new house or you move for some reason, you can take it with you. And then also you can sell it. So if for some reason you decide you no longer need it, you can put it up for sale and you can probably make back some of the investment that you put out to buy it in the first place. Now, the downsides would be the expense of it to buy it. Uh, It's like $4,000 to $10,000, somewhere in that ballpark, depending on the size and the one that you get. Uh, Also, there's small kind of boxes that you're working in. And I'm talking like uh, four feet by three feet, maybe four feet by six feet. So they're just small areas and you have to be used to being confined like that. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely different. It gets hot because it's such a small room. The heat just builds up in that small little box. So they have ventilation systems that are going to get rid of that heat, but that's just something else that you have to deal with. All right, so that's option one. Just buy an isolated vocal booth already pre-made for you. Option two is to build your own booth using some plans. And the only one that I really know of is Dollbox. Maybe there are some others out there. If so, leave it as a comment below. Uh, But the one that I'm familiar with is Dollbox, and I've never used it myself. I've just known people who have and have had success with it. So the upsides of Dollbox would be that you're, you know, you're buying some pre-made plans. I think they cost around $100 and you can get some support with it. And you can customize the plan to fit your room because some people have high ceilings, some people have low ceilings. So you can really customize it just to fit whatever your needs are. And it's going to be less expensive than if you buy a Whisper Room or a Studio Bricks. And they look similar to a Whisper Room if you want to check it out. And I'll leave a link for it in the links and resources section below. Now, the downsides to this option of building your own booth using plans would just be that it's going to be more work than if you just bought one outright. It's going to be gluing things and cutting things and screwing things and all the the construction labor. And you could hire someone to do it, but someone is going to have to do it. So it's just more work. And then option number three would be to build a custom room. And the upside to this would be that it's completely custom. The size of it, the layout, where you place the door, everything is going to be made to order because uh, you're, you're basically doing everything, which is also the downside, right? It's more work. You're going to have to plan it. You're going to have to build it, or you're going to have to hire someone else to build it for you. It's not normally movable. I've seen some people put things together that they can uh, undo a couple bolts and take the panels apart. That's a little bit more complicated. It's doable, but it's not normally movable. So you're kind of building it in place to stay there for a long time. And you're kind of hoping it's going to work, right? You've been told that things uh, will block the sound out. You don't really know until you get to the end if it worked or if maybe you made a mistake or you should have done something a little bit different. So there's always that risk when you're building something yourself. Uh, Richard seems to be leaning towards this based on his question, and this is actually the option that I picked. So I researched it in depth a few years back when I was uh, building out my studio. So I'm going to list some of the most important things that I think make the biggest impact when you're taking this route. So you want to start with the floor, and uh, you want it to be a floating floor. And you can do that using U-boats. They're basically rubber pads that the whole room, the whole booth that you're building is going to be sitting on these little rubber pads. And the reason that you do that 
is because if it is tied into the existing structure, and really you, you don't want it to be tied into the existing structure anywhere with the walls or the floor or the ceiling, uh, you want it to be its own little unit and not connected to the existing structure at all. And by doing that, you're preventing uh, vibrations or sound coming through the structure and then coming up into uh, the booth. So if you can keep it floating or uh, decoupled from the existing structure, it's going to be harder for the vibration to make it into the booth. And you can do that starting with the floor by building a floating floor using U-boats. U, sorry, that's hard to say. U-boats. U-boats. Not U-bolts. U-boats. And I'll leave a link uh, so that you can see more information about that. There's also some videos out there on YouTube about U-boats. Then you want to move to the walls. There's something called staggered studs. So basically in a normal wall, you know, you have a stud and then you have a bay that insulation normally goes in. And then you have a stud and then you have a bay and it keeps going on like that. But with staggered studs, you have the studs, but the wall is a little bit thicker and it's got enough space so that you can put uh, rock wool or insulation in that wall. And there's never a section in the wall that doesn't have insulation or rock wool in it. There's enough space in there to have a constant line of insulation. So there is no section where it's just the wood stud, if that makes sense. So that's called staggering studs. And like you mentioned, rock wool, it's great. It's not going to keep out all the traffic noise like you mentioned. So it's definitely uh, important, but there are other things that you have to do if you want to really keep that noise out. And then there's something called resilient channel. And that is for when you hang the wallboard, it's a metal bracket that goes on the studs and it you screw it into the studs and then the wallboard is screwed to that metal bracket so it's just another way that your wallboard is not attached directly to the studs instead it's uh, attached to something called resilient channel more links about that in the links and resources section a lot of people say use double wallboard double up on the wallboard make it uh, thick and when you do that you know, you're you're creating more uh, space between the outside and uh, the inside of your booth. But they also say to use green glue between the wallboard. So you kind of sandwich it with the green glue, and that's going to create a little bit of an air gap and help prevent some of that vibration and sound from coming into your vocal booth. All right, so those are the main tips. Also, I want to mention John Sayers has some incredible details and diagrams about construction of a booth. So I'll leave that in the links and resources section for you to check out because that is going to be the most helpful, I think. Also, Bob Vershak is a voice talent. He recently sent me an email uh, regarding a video that he did uh, for his studio build, and I thought it included some really nice details. So look for that link below as well. All right, I hope that helps you keep your studio quiet from the outside noise. No matter what's going on on the outside, you won't have as much noise on the inside. If you've built a studio or bought a studio, leave a comment. Let me know some details about what went into the build or who you bought it from. And if you have a voiceover question, you can leave it as a comment or record your question like Richard did and then upload your MP3 to me using the upload button in the link section below. I love hearing another voice on the podcast. I would love to hear your voice on the podcast. Don't forget to check out the links and resources section. A lot of links from this episode today. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.